Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. fantastic week for podcasting on the josh belcher uncharted podcast we got three awesome guests we've got the living legend the big number 81 former tennessee titan chris sanders we also have winner from season 17 of the voice jake hoot and glenn and don from the hard rock christian band Fireflight. great guests they all have a heart to serve the lord and I uh, was really proud to talk to each and every one of them. Speaking of that, we had Pastor Brandon Skelton, the church comedian, help me co-host on one segment of this podcast. Really grateful for all of my guests and all the inspiration that came from talking to each and every one of them. Well, with that being said, let's get this party started. Uncharted Podcast, thank you for listening. Here we go. Very excited to announce new music this week from Christian hard rock supergroup Fireflight. The new album, the first one out in five years, is called Who We Are, The Head and the Heart. Got to catch up with Don and Glenn about the new music. And that's next on the Uncharted Podcast. Awesome. All right, Don and Glenn, Fireflight extraordinary band. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. So excited about all this stuff going on with you. How are you doing this evening? Awesome. Doing good. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Excited for this new contribution, um, uh, the Head and the Heart album. Uh, two volumes, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Who We Are, the Head and the Heart. Two parts. Correct. Awesome. Oh, wow. Two, yeah, that's right. So what, what made you decide on that name and to, and to make this a two-parter? Um, it was kind of a, kind of a thing that we were just kind of like talking about with, um, the label, just trying to do something a little bit different, trying to come up with a little bit of a different concept and, um, just the way that the song just kind of came together. Um, it just kind of seemed like it would be cool to kind of separate them a little bit and, uh, with the title being who we are and, uh, we all have the. We all have our brain part, and we all have the heart part. So, yeah, um, and that's kind of what uh, kind of what makes us who we are as individuals and as beings. So we just uh, took a shot, <laughs> took a shot, and uh, hopefully people will enjoy it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, from what I've listened of it, you've been kind enough to post on your social media. It hits hard like a ton of bricks. Like this is an album you could take to the gym and just get your workout with uh, every song just amazing you guys uh brilliant great great job thank you awesome, we really yeah. appreciate that yeah um how how was you all uh how was your writing process through the pandemic how how did it all come to be i mean how did you guys get uh get it all made out and rehearsal time and collaborations and everything i was curious about that well we've actually been working on the album for quite some time now um i mean <laughs> over maybe like a year and a half and um oh, cool. maybe two years yeah. and and so um we actually were you know we were wrapping up the album when the pandemic started mm. so i'm really thankful for that because you know the whole world kind of stopped there for a little while yeah. <laughs> so we were trying yeah. to get back on track 
So that would have really slowed us down a lot. But actually, we were supposed to release the album a lot sooner than we did. But because of the pandemic and everything, the label and our supporters um, and distribution, they're like, man, we can't we can't get it together right now. We've got to put it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's been kind of we've been anxious anxiously awaiting to release it. But um, we've been so thankful working with our our label, which is an independent label, um, Rockfest Records, that is run by artists. Um, it's been really cool to have the experience of having um, full creative freedom and even timing freedom to be able to work um, writing and working with our producer to just build and build a, a project that we could be really proud of um, and, and take our time to do so. And so we're really thankful for, for that. And we're really thankful for the songs that have come out of it because we, we believe, you know, now more than ever is a great time for music to come in and have an impact in people's lives. And hopefully encourage them, strengthen them, and help them feel seen and heard and um, and, and supported. Yeah, no doubt. It, it, it's great. It's uplifting. It's powerful. And as you mentioned, Rockfest Records, um, I, I live uh, in the Columbia area close to Spring Hill. Love Joseph Rojas, a great human being of God, uh, Seventh Day Slumber. I know it's it's their part of that label, so they've got to be great as far as uh, to collaborate with and uh, you know be a part of their family when it comes to the record label that is. Absolutely, yeah. Great people for sure. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I was so excited when they were we were talking about you know and there's uh, getting you guys together. Um, uh, you know, it kind of floored me. This is like the first album in five years, correct? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, how how uh, you know why now? And not only that, but the original lineup. I mean, uh, how did this uh, reunion become? And and why wait five years to put something else out? Well, we were just bored, so we just wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> no uh man just just life you know i mean we um you know we kind of our last record came out five years ago we made the decision about five years ago to uh to to get off of the road um at least for a little while i mean we've played a handful of shows here and there since then but you know um we're all having families we're all married we all have jobs now um and and kind of other other things um, that we've been doing on the side. Dom put out a worship record um, in that time as well. But yeah, I mean, just life just kind of comes at you, and you just kind of and and it was it was kind of it was a good time for us to kind of just step away, you know, and just to kind of recalibrate and um, yeah, just uh, like I said, just do life. And that's yeah. and and with being in a band and and touring for as long as we have. Um, you kind of put life on hold to be able to do a, to do that, yeah. um, and there's a lot of sacrifices that are that are made to be able to do that. And so we just kind of came to the point we're like, hey, you know, we just we want to jump full on into this life thing for right now, and uh, and put the band thing on hold for a little while. So yeah, we just felt like it was a good time, you know. We, you you want to you want to let it be organic, you know. You want to let it be something that you are passionate about. So with us having away from it for about five years we just like hey yeah we're we're into it you know let's uh let's see what we can do so yeah and uh you know in, in some cases like even with this absence makes the heart grow fonder and then you know you're hungry to get back at it and it, it's proven in uh, in this uh this album so you know I, i'm glad i'm glad you're back and, and and you said it accurately i mean yeah you do have to you know figure out who you are in due time and have family because being in a band like yours where you're, you know, you're there for the people and, and, and delivering such a good message. I mean, you do uh, kind of lose hindsight of 
yourself and you do have to kind of replenish your own soul in order, in order to help people with theirs, I imagine. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, but glad you guys are back. I mean, loving it, loving it. Can't uh, can't even begin to tell you. Um, also, the Who We Are video, uh, I really liked it. That was uh, creative. And uh, curious about the 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 message behind the bandanas, because you know, I, I noticed they're all the same color. And then the young kid at the end, he kind of like gets a hold of one. So is that is there something going on behind that? Yeah, well, I think the concept, um, you know, with with the video is that. You know, each of us has has a calling to be a part of something bigger than themselves. You know, and uh, you know if you if you notice it, you know, in the video, each one of us is is wearing a red bandana and you know in various different ways. And um, you know, in the video is you know kind of you know kind of like a, a call to action to be a part of that calling. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not not meant to be militant it's not meant to be over the top it's not meant to make any sort of bold statement in any any sort of way other than to say hey we all have a place in this body we all have a story to tell we all have something that we can contribute to um and and being a part of the body of christ and being being bold with your faith and and showing people who you are truly through that um, there's a place for everyone to to contribute and to be a part of it. Yeah, well put. I like it. I'm, I'm down with it. You're gonna make me want to go get a bandana right now. I guess I'll have to go to Hobby Lobby. They, don't have <laughs> they got a lot of them on Amazon. Trust me. <laughs> oh yeah, Amazon. You about Amazon. Yep. There you go. Um, so, uh, uh, who was it that produced this album? Uh, his name's Josiah, right? Uh, am I correct? Yes, Josiah Prince. Prince, yes, that's of, it. Yeah, of, of of disciple fame. Yeah, that's it. Um, you guys, I mean, you guys connected well. I think, uh, you know, he, uh, is this your first time collaborating with him, or has he been a part of uh, your outfit before? No, we've actually been. We put out two singles in 2018, um, with that he he worked on with us as well. So all in all, we've been working with him for about for about uh, three four years now. Um, just doing some writing and, and collaboration. But this, yeah, this is the first full-length project that we've been able to, to do with him. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, really, really uh, cool. Yeah, um, seems like it'd be a good guy to work with, uh, especially if he's pumping out music like this for you guys. Um, uh, with this being said, I know usually following uh, when this drops, uh, there's there's usually touring. I know there's not a whole lot of that right now. Are you doing virtual shows or like drive-ins or, or what are you going to do? to support it. I know you've got to be itching to play it in front of people. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I hate to disappoint, but I'm really not, it. I'm really not itching to do that. Honestly, um, <laughs> man. Um, and I know, I know, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not ignorant to, to that, that people, you know, and people have already been saying, you know, I'm excited to see you guys at shows and stuff. And, yeah. you know, I'm not saying no, I'm not saying that that won't, won't possibly happen but man you know when you're able to to come home every night and and you're able to to be in your own home with your kids um and you're able to be a family um that's just something that that we've learned that is just such a special thing for us and to be out there on the road touring and like i said earlier it's just such it's such a huge sacrifice that we that we made for a long time and we were so happy and so willing to do that. 
Um, but yeah, right now, as far as like where we are in, in life, um, man, we just, we love our fans so much. So I don't want it to come across that we don't care in that way. But, um, but yeah, just being able to be at home and, and, and be a family, um, for me, I'm, I'm speaking for myself personally, but, um, it's been such a refreshing time for me. Yeah. Well, no, you know, yeah, I mean, I I understand because as I'm getting older, you know, teetering towards the uh, back end of my 30s, things change for me. Like, I never thought that I would, like, be listening to James Taylor records, but, I mean, you know, here we are Amen, brother. (laughs) I mean, we get get more calm, and then we realize, you know, like you said, the more more important things, like like the little things like being with your family. I mean, it's all great, well, and good, but – you know, certain times in life, there's different seasons for things. So, I mean, on, on my end, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying totally. I mean, I understand. Yeah, and, man, just – I'm out of shape, dude. Like, <laughs> just, uh, man, just doing the – you know, just doing the music video. I mean, you you might think we we look super cool and that thing, but, man, I was huffing, man, in between takes on that thing. It was hard. <laughs> I get it. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of exercise going with, you know, uh head banging and, and, and you know, rocking and jumping up and down. I, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I yeah. mean I I'm at the point I'm at the point now where like, you know, I can I can mosh for maybe thirty seconds, but if I get hit, you know, I'm going yeah. to the emergency care clinic the next day. So Yeah, you're doing better than me. You're doing better than me. <laughs> yeah. The next guest on this week's Uncharted podcast is the phenomenally talented Jake Hoot. He's season 17 winner of The Voice. If you remember, he was on Kelly Clarkson's team. At six foot five, this is a towering man full of talent. He's a man of God, a family man, and he has a new rendition of the song La Bamba that would make Richie Valens very proud. I enjoy it, and you will too. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more right now on the Uncharted podcast. Okay, let me just tell you how much I enjoy you bringing and breathing back to life, La Bamba, man. What uh, what made us decide to cut that? That is a classic, good feeling tune from back in the day, and 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 I really like what you've done with it. Oh, thank you, brother. Yeah, um, you know, La Bamba, growing up in the Dominican Republic, um, the way we did, um, you know, I've always loved Spanish music. You know, whether it was La Bamba or whether it was a lot of different artists and stuff that we listened to growing up. And so when I first moved back, I played it all the time. And anytime I play that song, it doesn't matter what show it is. Um, doesn't matter if it's in the backwoods of Tennessee, people know that song. And so um, when I was on the show, when I was on The Voice, I had asked the the, the guy there, the producer, if I could sing it. Um, and it, I think it was just a little too far out of the box. And so they were just like, well, let's bring it in. So I said, well, as soon as I get off the show, I'm going to record this song. And so it kept coming up, and I kept coming back to it. And then finally when we talked about working on this new album, um, I said, I'm just going to do it. Like, I've I've got to to do this song. And so luckily we got a producer who, you know, who has worked incredibly well with me and the team. And we have, you know, we put something into existence that, you know, we dreamed up. And it, it, it sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it, and it was right in time. We're right at the tail end, or I think we're already finished, but uh, Spanish Heritage Month. So uh, I know uh, your efforts were really appreciated for that, or or will be for sure. Absolutely, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, you know, growing up in the Dominican Republic, I think I lived there almost 11 years, and so. Wow. Um, you know, we, we tried to 
squeeze it in. Um, it just didn't work out for the, you know, Spanish Heritage Month. And then, of course, uh, Dia de los Muertos is, is coming up. Yeah. Um, and so we were barely missing that, too. And so um, – but regardless, it's, it's going to come out on the 6th, and it's going to be really good. And I'm just excited for everybody to see that and to also see all the people that were a part of it that are in the music video as well. Yeah, I mean, you had a lot of uh, the voice alums to lend their talents. Um, that was going to be one of my questions. Uh, did you guys all record together because of this COVID? Did you do it at separate times, different time zones? How did you bring everybody together? Um, we, we did it uh, kind of uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? We did it the same day, but we just kind of uh, alternated people coming in. And, of course, in the music video you'll see, you know, um, you've got, you know, three or four people coming at one time, and then we got – we we split people up getting in the vocal booth, um, and then we had some people come later on in the afternoon to to also record. And I would have had a lot more people um, had we not had to cut down the numbers because of COVID. Yeah. But um, you know, Alex Alex is a part of it, and uh, he was my roommate on the show, and he drove you know eight hours round trip just to be there for you know just a little bit of time to record and also be in the video, and you know just a lot of friends from the show, whether it was Max and Zoe and Gracie, and there's just a lot of people. Um, a lot more people I wish could have been a part of it, but, you know, we worked with, with what we could, and it turned out beautifully. Yeah, it, it was fantastic. And that's, that's, that's great about the voice. It just seems, seems like even though you compete there to the bitter end, you, you, you gain family and friends out of it for sure at the, at, at the very uh, last of it. So that's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, we you know, it, it was a singing competition, but I don't think you could ask anybody from season 17, and they would tell you that it was a competition. We literally – um, we literally just, I mean, we were a family, you know, and we were out there together doing the same thing, chasing the same dream. And, um, you know, it was just an incredible thing to be a part of. And, you know, just like you said, you know, we, we, you build a relationship with these people that, that lasts long after the show's over. Yeah. One of the strongholds of a show like that, even though it's a competition and it takes a great talent to get there, not, not to mention you getting all the way through, but, um, you know, it just, uh, it just seems like it, it could still be a whole lot of fun. Absolutely, yeah. No, I mean it was, it was a blast. I, I tell everybody, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, should I do it? You know, is that something that, you know, smart? Because I hear all the nightmares about contracts and all that kind of stuff. But um, I tell every single person, absolutely do it. Just because even if you don't get anywhere, even if you don't make it past the first round or get a chair turn or anything, um, you know, the knowledge that you're going to glean from vocal coaches and from other musicians, even before the blinds happen, um, is, you know, invaluable. I mean, you just can't put a price tag on it. And so every step of the way, it was incredible. And everybody that was on the show, whether it was the coaches, whether it was people behind the scenes, you know, producers or vocal coaches or whatever, everybody's so nice. Everybody's so kind. Everybody genuinely wants to see you succeed. And so it's just a really great thing to be a part of. That's awesome. Uh, well, that being said, let me bounce back to a question I wanted to ask you. You know, I know you mentioned the Dominican Republic and everything. So, and and singing this song so effortlessly, are you fluent in Spanish? Like, could, could you do a whole Spanish album if you wanted to? Well, uh, we're kind of leaning towards doing that anyway. Um, I'm not as fluent as I used to be. I can still carry on a conversation. And um, I went on a missions trip earlier this year to Nicaragua, and um, I was I was I was very surprised at how much of it came back to me after not speaking it for a couple of years. But um, yeah, we are definitely looking at um, possibly releasing the album in Spanish as well, which would you know, which would take some, which would take some work and some extra effort or whatever. But um, you know, Spanish, 
the Spanish language and the Latino community is very near and dear to my heart. And so anything that we can kind of cross over between country and Latino music, um, we're going to do. And so we're super excited for this all to come out. Yeah, it's really cool. Plus, I know I can speak a couple of uh, words in Spanish, but to be able to sing it, that'd definitely be a no-go. First of all, I don't have the talent. But second, I noticed that some words are different in Spanish than English, like translating, like it's a whole nother, you know, ball of yarn. And then, like, sometimes you put words in front of other words, and it's kind of like backwards. Like, like instead of the car, it's like car and then the, if that makes any sense. Absolutely, yeah. It's, you know, it, it, is, it takes a little bit to kind of get used to the, the structure and whatnot. But once you get it down, it's really not too bad. It just becomes, you know, kind of like a habit. But, um you know, as far as translating itself, the songs, I could translate, you know, I translated a lot for dad when he would preach and translated for teachers and different preachers and stuff like that. But translating into a song is a completely different ballgame that I was like, I'm not even remotely, you know, smart enough to do that. And so I have some people that we're working with um, that do that. But um, singing in Spanish, you know, it just comes, it it, it flows, you know, the, the like I said, Spanish is such a beautiful language that, um there's so much passion in it, and so it's it's going to be fun to do to do all that. Yeah, and if done correctly, it's it's very it's very fun. It can be very uh, you know it can be a very great uh, you know uh, musical genre because, like I said, La Bamba. Even though if I don't know what's being said, I've loved the song forever. You know, you can get up and dance to it. So. Absolutely. Well, La Bamba is kind of a timeless song, you know, and I, I tell people all the time when they ask me about it. Um, of course, you know, Richie Valens did it back in '57, and then. You know, Los Lobos did it for uh, the Richie Valens movie, La Bamba. And it doesn't matter where you're at. Like, you just play that one guitar lick that starts the song, and everybody knows what it is. And so, and just like you said, even though if you don't know, you know, any Spanish or whatever, everybody can sing, you know, La Bamba, you know, in those words. And it just becomes such a fun party song, and it just brings everybody together. And, you know, I feel like over the last 60 years, um, you know, that song's just kind of remained timeless. And especially right now with everything going on, a song that can kind of bring everybody together and have a good time and kind of, you know, tune out all the negativity and everything else going on, you know, is, is something beautiful to be a part of. And so I'm, I'm very excited for people to hear it. Yeah. Um, no, no, it is. It, it's great. Too, and I can't, I can't wait for everybody to get a hold of it as well. Oh, well, that being said, you know, you know, fresh off, uh, you know, the wind and everything and just now getting a grasp of your, you know, your cult following and stardom and everything and to have to, pause because the world's upside down you must be anxious to get back out on the road uh, you know going stir crazy having all this music inside of you and having to kind of chill right now or do you have any uh any uh dates on the books right now absolutely that's a great question um you know it's kind of funny because right before um you know we got on this this call is um i was actually looking at uh tour vehicles um we're looking at getting either a, a van or a bus or even an rv um, just because we're expecting next year, you know, to be a big year for us. And um, it was tough there for a little while, you know, because I, I was, you know, riding that big wave. And, I mean, we were busy all over the place and had so many things booked throughout 2020 and 2021. Um, and then come to a screeching halt and you're just like, okay, what do I do now? And so luckily I've had, you know, some incredible people around me to keep pushing me and keep motivating me, including my team. And, um, you know, so we've just worked on a lot of writing and a lot of, in studio stuff and so to be able to release this is going to be big um and as far as dates i mean you know we've got we've got a lot of our a lot of our dates that postponed this year got rescheduled for next year um but a lot of that stuff is still up in the air and i mean i i, I know that they're still furloughing people 
you know, through the spring of next year. So there's no end in sight right now as far as when we'll be able to get back to a normal normal way of doing things. But um, in the meantime, you know, we're just going to keep our nose to the grindstone and keep creating great music and writing great music. And, um, you know, hopefully hopefully people will see that when, when everything comes out, you know, especially with La Bamba and then with the, when the album comes out later on, it's going to be great. Yeah, people are going to be so hungry to hear live music and to be a part of it again. I, I think it'll pick up. You know, it'll be one of those better late than never situations. I'm hoping so, man. Well, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that's the case. And, I mean, I've played a couple little shows here and there that were obviously socially distanced, but um, people are just dying to get back out and do things. And I think people are just fed up with everything that's going on. And so, um, you know, that's what we're banking on. And so we're we're going to be ready. Um, when it does hit and everybody's ready to go, um, we're, we're going to be ready for it. Yeah, awesome. Well, let's let's get into something else. Let's talk about dad life. I know you're so proud to be a dad. You got that great song, and you got little ones to take after. I bet they're loving having you around the house. Uh, what, what's going on with them? Absolutely, yeah. Macy is, you know, she's she's five. She started kindergarten this year, and um, she's just so sassy and, and so smart. And I think that's part of the reason she gets in trouble so much is because she is so smart. But um, you know, dad life, there's just nothing better. And, um, you know, that's easily the, the biggest blessing I've ever received from God is, is to be able to be a dad. And, um, you know, she, she's great. And I, you know, I was, I was worried when I decided to go into music full time, you know, I, I was worried that I wouldn't be as present in her life as what I wanted to be. And especially when they start school, you know, if they're, if they're still really little, they can travel with you. But when they start school, you know, it's, it's hard to mess with that, that, schedule and stuff and so um luckily in the midst of all the craziness everything came to a screeching halt and I was able to have a lot of really good quality time with her and um I've been able to take her to the few shows that I've played I've been able to take her with me and so it's just been good but um but yeah I appreciate you bringing up that song that song was a very special song near and dear to my heart I get requested for it all the time and um so yeah, being a dad is amazing. I you know, I can't wait to, to see what the future holds. You know, I just recently got engaged and um, you know, we plan on having having kids and so it's 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 just gonna be great. I can't wait to start a family and, you know, just watch everybody grow up and, and have a good time. Yeah, and that that's one thing I was gonna mention. Uh, you know, first of all, congratulations on getting engaged. Uh, uh one of the thing I laughed about in the video, I well, I don't wanna do any spoilers, but when you're, you know, you're giving those kisses and then you like go to smooch the camera. That just made me, that made me laugh. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, you know, I, they call me the wild card sometimes because nobody on set ever knows what I'm going to do. Like I, you know, I just kind of try to catch everybody completely off guard and um, you know, you'll see some of that in the video. We, we, we cut some acoustic videos too uh, of all the songs that are going to be on the album and the, the producer that is producing the whole album you know, makes an appearance in a couple of the songs that he and I co-wrote together. And even he was just caught off guard because, you know, it, it's just fun. Like, that's my personality. Like, I am very business-minded, but, you know, when it comes to having a good time, you know, there's nothing like turning around and trying to kiss a camera, you know. So it's just, it makes for a fun time. And, yeah, I mean, just like you said, you don't want to give away any spoilers, but the video is a super fun, upbeat thing. Alejandro Medina with um, Third Line Production uh, did all the video stuff and produced it. And so very, very happy with the way it turned out. Yeah, it was great. It was fantastic, and that made me think. You know, uh, I would I would hate to uh, be a, a young man and trying to date one of your daughters as intimidating as you would be. I mean, you you seem soft spoken, but I bet if push come to shove, you'd probably pick some kid up off the ground and give him a free Ferris wheel ride. 
I've never heard it put that way, but yeah, that's uh you know, <laughs> I am I, I am very easy going. I'm you know, I'm pretty laid back most of the time, very um, you know, just, just go with the flow kind of guy. But when it comes to 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 my own, when it comes to my people, like I am very protective and so you know, I've always said that about Macy. Like, I just feel bad, you know, for any guy who tries to date her because I'm, I'm going to be pretty protective. But on that same note, you know, it's one of those things where you've got to have that balance as a parent. You know, you always want what's best and you want to be protective, but you also don't want to stifle them. And so, um, you know, she's she's hard-headed enough, too, where I, I feel like she's going to be able to weed out the ones that shouldn't be around anyway because she's, she's very, very independent and just, a, you know, very smart, sweet girl. So, yeah, um, yeah, that that's a little bit down the road. Even though she's in kindergarten, I'm still looking at all the little boys around sure. me, making sure there's nobody flirting with her. But uh, but no, she's, <laughs> she's great. I can't wait for it. Yeah, you always will be. I, I got some I got some daughters myself. But I was just saying, in the future, when it comes that time, I'm sure some kids are going to be very intimidated. Well, you and me may have to go sit down and have coffee and try to game plan as to what we're going to do when that time comes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, let's talk about something else. Uh, recently, I lost my grandmother. Bless awesome. your heart. She had a had a good eighty, almost eighty one years. Wow. And uh, and I I stumbled onto this song you wrote about this loving couple from back in the day. Just just beautiful. Uh, I believe the lady's name is Nadine. Is that correct? That is yes, sir. Now how how did this come to be? This song like this is like uh, like I mean I know you didn't experience it, but the way you wrote it was like you fumbled through all their memories. So I mean how how did that come to be? If we could talk about that for a second. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that um, that was a total God thing. You know, there's just some things that, well, obviously everything that happens, you know, is, is a God thing. But um, there's just some things that just leave you scratching your head going, how in the world did that happen? But, um, yeah, my, my fiance, she's from Arizona, and we went back to, to meet her family um, or for me to meet her family the first time. And, you know, just on a whim, they just said, hey, let's go over and meet one of our family friends. And so we went over, and her mom was there, which is Nadine, and she's 90, 94 now. Um, and so, you know, we just went in and, and sat with her. And of course me, you know, I love stories. I, I'm, I'm a storyteller and I love when people tell me stories. And so we sat with her and she just started telling us all these stories. And, um, finally it just came up that she started telling us her love story with her, her late husband hack. They were married for 72 years. And, you know, by the time that she got done telling the story, all of us were in tears. We were just, you know, so taken back by it. Um, and so the next day we were traveling and I, I got on my phone and I started writing down lyrics and trying to remember all the details. Um, and then later on, probably a month later, we actually called to talk to Nadine and we just told her, we said, Hey, we, you know, we told a couple people your story and we're just trying to remember all the details. Um, and so she told us more details and I wrote everything down because I mean, as a songwriter, you want to create this, this image, but you know, especially when it's a true story that you're writing, you don't want to, you know, fluff any of the, the, the details or lie about anything. And so, um, you know, I, I wrote the song and the song was honestly just, I was only going to give it to her and I had it recorded and, um, and then it ended up going viral and, you know, we ended up releasing the song and it's just been a huge blessing, but, you know, to watch somebody who's married for 72 years, um, and just be as in love as they were and dancing every day and everything, you just don't hear that all the time. Yeah. Uh, and so just to be a part of that in the small way of writing and singing the song, um, it's just been incredible. And, you know, so many people have reached out, um, whether in person or on social media or texting me saying, hey, this reminds me of my grandparents or this reminds me of my mom and dad or whatever. Um, yeah. And so as a songwriter, that's all you want. You know, you just want something for it to touch somebody and for it to impact 
Um, but on on the video when uh, they recorded me singing it to Nadine the first time, at the end of it, she said, "You said it all," and that was the biggest compliment I could get from anybody because that's you know who I wrote the song for. And so, just a very special song. But I appreciate you listening to it. Oh no, absolute masterpiece. Uh, you know, I'm a bit of a sappy romantic. Uh, I'm a notebook kind of guy. And uh, there you go. Like I said, like you said, God thing. Um, I, I happen to stumble on it. You know, we're talking about. I got invited to speak with you, which is I thoroughly enjoy it. You're one of the nicest people I've ever spoke with. Oh, thank um, you. But I'm looking through your stuff and, and everything, and I see that, and, you know, it's just right around the time, like, I lost my grandmother. Same thing with my grandparents, just in love and, and held it out for 60-plus years. I think it was 64, and, wow. uh, you know, just uh, amazing to, to study love like that. I, I haven't quite gotten it right, but uh, I, I know what to do and what not to do. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, I think with anything, you know, you just, you, you know, you, you – you know, God put people in our lives for us to glean wisdom from. And, you know, I think when it comes to even Nadine, even though she's not blood, um, you know, God easily put her in, in my life to to help me to watch and, and, you know, learn from their example. And I'm sure it's the same thing with you. You know, I mean, you've got people, whether it's your grandmother, whether it was, you know, whoever it was, like you just have people that you, you glean wisdom from and you learn. And um, it's just special, you know, and you never want to say, well, I want a relationship just like theirs, you know, you, you always want, you know, your own thing and for you, you know, your marriage to be some kind of an example to your kids or whoever else. And so um, it's just been really special, man. And I, I really do appreciate your kind words, dude. That that means a lot. Oh, yeah, you knocked it out of the park. Well, uh, I'll, I'll leave you with one thing. I appreciate you being generous with your time. And, uh, well, I'll tell you two things, actually. The first is that Blair Garner, I know you've dealt with him a few times, I'm sure, the radio host. Yeah. Uh, he's opening – I live in Columbia, Tennessee, and he's opening this uh, – this uh, Mule Town venue, and it looks like a little rhyming out here. We got to get you out here to perform, so I don't have too far to travel. That was my first point of order. <laughs> when he gets that built, and second, um, I remember watching you on the NHL Winter Classic, Nashville versus Dallas. Yeah, and I was so proud you were up there, but I did not like that Texas claimed you. You're going to have to put that in your writing <laughs> notes. You're ours now. You live in Tennessee now, so. Uh, we got to have him playing at Tennessee. They said, "Oh, he's from Texas." I said, "Yeah, but he's he's our hometown boy now." So you know that's quick, right. Yeah, fix that from now on. Uh, you know, Predator side, Titans, all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's well. I mean, and that's why you know they when they reached out and asked me to do that, which that that whole thing was uh, a whirlwind. I mean, it was just incredible to be asked to be a part of that. But they said, you know, with your story, like you live in Tennessee, you claim Tennessee, you were born in Corpus Christi, Texas. You know, it's just beautiful. And I was like, all right, yeah, sweet. And then I get out there, and they announce me, and they're like, from Corpus Christi, Texas. And I was like, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to make a lot of the Nashville Predator fans mad here. But, um, but no, it was it was an incredible experience. And, you know, as far as the – what would you say? It was the Mule something, the, the venue that you got out there? Uh, I don't want to – yeah, it's because it's – we're the Mule capital of the world. It's Mule something. I don't know, and I'll send it uh, – um, I'll send it to your folks and let you look at it. But he's really putting some money into it. And I think you would just knock it out of the park here. Of course, you know, he's building it right now and getting it ready for when, you know, the world opens back up. But there's some kind of mule. It's got a mule theme to it, but it looks like a little rhyme. It used to be a church, and it, it's it's going to be immaculate. It's it's right here close to downtown. Matter of fact, it's it's right next door to the President Polk's home here in Columbia. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I've, I've been to, to President Polk's house before. Yeah. So, But he's really That's... doing a lot, and I'll, I'll send on the information. He's. 
he's in the uh, the infant stages, but it's going to be really, really great. And of course, I was just joking about the Winter Classic. I was proud you were out there, you know. And then it was like Texas. I'm like, no, nope, well, it's that, those days are done. We've got him over here now. Like, who do I need to email? No. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm sure they got a bunch of calls after that. They're like, hold up a second. <laughs> yeah, no, that's our guy. He's our he's our man. But thank you. You know, it was nice for you to mention. You know, but of course, you've been everywhere. Like I said, Dominican Republic. Uh, uh, well, you know, well-traveled fellow. So, uh, but we we are super proud that you uh, called Tennessee home for sure. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me on here, dude. It, it means a lot. And, you know, hopefully yeah. we'll be meeting each other in person sometime when the world opens back up and I'll try to make it up. But they, they have them reach out to my people about playing up there. I'd love to play up there. This week on the podcast, we've got big number 81, the living legend, Chris Sanders, former wide receiver and AFC champion of my beloved Tennessee Titans. It was really awesome catching up with him, talking about football past and present and what's going on with his life and what he thinks going into today's game against the Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers, both 5-0. and oh. uh, He's one of the greatest guys I have ever come in contact with, a true man of God. Really enjoyed speaking with him. That's next on the Uncharted Podcast. Here we go. Go Titans! Chris Sanders, uh, the Big 8-1, Titans, uh, true wide receiver and champion of the people. Thank you for talking to me and Brandon today. How is your Tuesday going? Man, it's going pretty good, man. Just got a little lunch in me and uh, just getting ready to get it done, man. Y'all doing all right? Y'all good? Yeah, we're good. Oh, yes, sir. Doing well. How is, how is the football season going for you guys there? Man, it's going pretty good. We're three, we're 3 and 2. We lost two in a row. We had an off weekend last week. And we're just getting ready to uh, go through this stretch and, and try to make it to the, uh, the championship again. Awesome, awesome. Well, and now have y'all have y'all had to, to call off several games? I I do coaching as well. I'm a character coach, fellowship uh-huh. character coach, and I know we ended up having to call off about four of our games. Have y'all yeah. been able to fill most of your schedule? Yeah, we, you know we we have you know we uh we're playing our conference games, but we're not playing at a conference. So our first at a conference were the first three games. So. You know, we really didn't play those games, but then we came back and we're playing our divisional games. And if we get past these three and make it a state, let's go get it, baby. Yes, sir. I hear you. <laughs> what, what a tried and true tradition there at NBA. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just, it is, you know, it's it's kind of like the Tennessee Titans. It's just an identity. You know, we may not be the fastest, the biggest, the strongest, but you better believe when 11 guys are on the field, 11 guys are going to give everything they got. And, and that that's what makes a difference. And, you know, you have a, a, a coach, I mean, Coach Everard, who has a vision, you know, to, to make sure everybody does their, their job. And also, building great men, you have everybody buying to it. You have a recipe for success. Yeah, that's that's one thing I wanted to tie into. Uh, let's go ahead. You had mentioned the Titans. Gosh, they're exciting this year. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what are they going to do on Sunday, uh, in your opinion? Because, like, they, they closed it. It was exciting on this Sunday with the Texans, but, like, it made my ulcer go haywire. <laughs> what, what are they going to do with Pittsburgh? I think they're going to be all right. I mean, this is what we got to understand about the NFL. NFL is crazy. You can play good one week and the next week you can't because every team is good. I know, you know, that some teams they play haven't had haven't had winning records. But that in the NFL, that doesn't matter because you're, you're going against the elite against the elite. So, you know, you have to play every game like it's your last game. And when you play Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers, you better bring your big boy pads. You better have big shoulder pads. You have big thigh pads, big knee pads, two mouth guards in, a shield. I mean, because it's going to be a physical game. You know, when I was when I played for the Tennessee Titans from 1995 to 2001, every time I played against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I got hurt. I got a concussion. I had broken ribs. I hurt my foot. So you better 
to get prepared for a war. If you look at the the games that we played when I when I played from two thousand one from sorry from nineteen ninety five to two thousand one, those were lower those scoring games. You know, the year before I uh, retired, it was like we played and it was like nine to seven. I mean, it wasn't no offense. It's just like we have field position, we had the ball left. So that's kind of what you're going to see with the Titans this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't care if it's low scoring as long as we come out with that W. I, I'm ready. I'm ready for them to get back to the promised land, like where you, you yeah. and the boys led us back in the day. Yeah, I mean they got a chance. I mean they're, they're doing some great things. The offense is doing outstanding. The receivers are doing well. You know Tannehill's leading the charge. So, you know you got some guys that are all buying in and guys that are making plays. And you know, you know the one thing I love about this team is it's not one person that's making plays. I mean if you look at the the receiver spot, you got Davis that was out last week. You got AJ Brown that was out a couple of weeks ago. But different guys are stepping up making plays like Raymond, Bats, and Hollister. I never heard of Hollister, but he makes a keep uh, third down catch, you know, the game before. So it just shows you the depth of this team, and it shows you the character of this team. Yeah, they they definitely got the fire. No pun intended. They're ready to tighten up. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, Chris, I got a question for you. I know uh, definitely a man of faith, and um, it's always been a big thing. I've yeah. always admired about you. Um, you know, when did when did you make that transition? Kind of what's your what's your faith story on like how you, you came to be a believer and that yeah. how it influences what you do now? You know, it, it, it actually it happened in, in 1995. Um, you know, I was one of those guys that went to church and you know did all the religious stuff, but I really wasn't saved because I never repented and really gave my life to Christ until 1995. It was two coaches, uh, you know, and I got drafted from the NFL. And went to, there was two coaches that mentored me and led me to the Lord. It was a running back coach Sherman Smith and my receiver coach Les Steckle. You know, and they sat me down and they told me about, you know, you know, the love of Christ and, and told me how to walk this thing out. It doesn't, didn't mean I was perfect, but the thing about it is they mentored me. They laid foundations in my life about repentance, discipleship, spiritual family, and that was my turning point. You know, I was one of those guys that in 1995 that had everything going for me. I made the all-rookie team, led uh, the league in yards for catch, but why was I so empty? It's because I was allowing football to be my God, and then once I understood that football – was my assignment. It wasn't. It wasn't my identity, and that's when my life really, really changed. Oh man, man, that's that's awesome here. Coming into the league and making that that choice and living it out, uh, being in the league. That's a, that's an awesome testimony that you have there, Chris, and, and definitely appreciate you sharing that. Oh, you're welcome, man. Because the thing about it is, the NFL stands not for long, but <laughs> <laughs> not for long. But then, you know, think about when my walk with Christ is eternal. So that means, yeah, football's going to end, but I get to live with my father, and my father lives with me for the rest of my life. So that's the good part about it. Uh, one thing, and, 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 you know, you got me wanting to shout amen in here. Which is, <laughs> I'm sitting in Brandon's church right now. We're interviewing in, in his church, which is fitting. Um, but uh, one thing that I wanted to thank you for when you, you know, was kind enough to let me be a part of your Facebook family is all these sure. wonderful inspirational messages because – Believe you, a guy like me, I, I need I need them every day. You're always putting them out there at the right time, and I'm really grateful for them. And what made you decide to do that? I mean, I know you got you know a thousand things going on at once. What makes you decide to take the time to, you know, impale some of your spiritual journey and wisdom with folks? You know, it, it, the Bible says in Ephesians five one, it says, "Follow Christ as a must to imitate his Father." If you look at what Jesus did, everywhere he went, he breathed life into people. And that's what we got to do. We have so much hate in this world. We have so much, you know, people not liking each other and people fighting on Facebook. I'm taking Facebook and breathing life into people. And the way you breathe life into people is speaking life into them. And that's, that's what it's all about. Because at the end of the day, in five years, nobody's going to remember how many touchdowns I made, how many interviews I did, but they're going to remember how I treated them. So I just kind of just mimic Christ 
you know, when when he would walk around, he would heal people and he, you know, speak to people and be life in the people. And that's just that's that's not purpose. It's number one to glorify God, but to speak life in the people. And 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 the thing about it is, our society wants to blame everybody. They want to blame the president. They want to blame this person for not doing what they're capable of doing. I don't need the president to tell me how to love. I don't need the president to tell me how to serve. I don't need the president to tell me all these things when I already know how to do it. So mm-hmm. how do we how do we change? How do we change a world? It's by loving. It's about being there for each other. It's about saying, you know what? You may not look like me, but I love you because you're God's creation. And that's yeah. how you speak life. That's how you have change. That's how you make this world a better place by serving and speaking life to each other, and that's exactly why I do it on Facebook. Yeah, and it, it means a lot. And I, I wanted to throw something else in there with you. Um, uh, when I was a young kid, uh, and we had just got the the Oilers, which is I've been an Oilers Titans fan because I was so proud to have you guys. I'm a Tennessee native. I remember going to get autographs and being intimidated because it's like I never really interacted with anybody on a, on a team. And, you know, this being my team, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. And I just remember even as a kid up until, you know, in recent years, when you would sign an autograph, you'd make all of us, you'd say, my pleasure, and make us feel like a million bucks. And it just made us feel so good. And I just always want to say thank you for treating us oh, like that. You, because you would sign my helmet, my jersey, whatever, and say, my pleasure. And it's just like, here's a guy that I watch and, 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 and you know, just, uh, you know, idolize a door, and you just, you just treated us like a million dollars. And I'll never forget that. And like you said, I remember your stats and everything, but I also remember how you treated me, and that's why I always cherish you as a as a beloved member of my uh, Tennessee Titans. Man, I appreciate it, man. It, it goes back to imitating Christ. I mean, look at what Jesus did. This I'm a can I preach for just one second? Look at what Jesus did. Jesus, the Creator of the universe. Jesus could strike anybody down, but He's washing the disciples' feet. Did, yeah. did you catch that? But this is the one who created this whole thing, who created the world, who created us, who 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 died, who did all these things for us, and he's washing his disciples' feet. Now check this out. You know, I remember watching one of my favorite shows, one of my favorite cartoons. It was or one of my favorite movies. It was Superman. And in Superman one, check this out. His dad said this. His dad said this is when Superman started to get his powers. But then his dad came up to him. He said, "Son, with great power comes great responsibility." Oh yeah, and, that, and that's exactly what Jesus did for me. He's given me great power. He's given me a platform, but the responsibility is to make others better. That's why I do it. Well, you've been at it a long time. It's the real deal with you, and and you got your own Superman powers. I saw that jump you did. <laughs> took over Owens' record. Man, that was a blessing right there, and and I hope nobody ever breaks it because that 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 jump means so much to me. Sure. Because nobody knows the struggles that I had to endure growing up as, as a kid and then going through Ohio State and then having to sit out for a year and, you know, tear my knee, uh, mess up my knee up my, the first part of my year, then sitting out and the, the second year I run track and then all of a sudden my second track meet, I break just the long jump record and it, it just means so, it means so much. It's a great one. Have you been to this museum in Alabama? Nah. Oh, it, it's, it's pretty remarkable. It, it's emotional. If you ever get out yeah. there, check it out. It's a, yeah, it's, it's an honor to break his record. He's one of my heroes and you know, just when after I broke his record, I went back and studied his life. So he was in 1936 Berlin Olympics. Mm-hmm. And here's the cool part about it is, is when people yelled at him, when Hitler was saying bad things about him, you know, and everybody was booing him. Check this out. 
the same people that booed him was the same people that was cheering for him. That's mm-hmm. just a perfect picture of how God is. When the people that boo you, God's going to make it so great in your life. The same people that boo you are going to be the same people that cheer you on. That's, that's powerful. You're going you're gonna to have to write a book, man, if you haven't already. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm hoping so, man. I just... I just want to. I just want my life to mean something when I pass away. That you know that that I touched the world and that I made a difference. That you know when I pass away, the whole world becomes a better place. And that's well, my heart. Uh, you know, and it shines through. Like I said, being a being a Titan diehard, uh, I've never been in any circles when when uh, when your your name and numbers mentioned and it isn't with good good behind it in, in any in any circle. Well, thank you. That means a lot, man. Thank you so much. Now you. Uh, you're also involved with Way FM, correct? What is it you do um, in connection with the ministry there? Actually, I, I haven't done that in about seven years. I don't know why it's still on my Facebook, but I, oh. I was – it's funny. I was doing um, like what we're talking about, inspirational stuff, and I would just give stories, and then at the end I'd give like a little sound bite, just encouraging people, you know, just talking about my life. And, and I would be on there my, a seven-minute clip and just kind of say some words of encouragement and, and, and roll like that. Um, I got a I got a question for you, and it's uh, it's not so much uh, trying to stir controversy. It's, it's more of a sure. I think this would be a good thing to address because you're talking to two white guys. <laughs> yeah, and right, um, right. and I I I was scrolling through your post and I saw you mentioning you know the N word and how yeah. we need yeah. to get rid of it. And the reason yeah. I want to have this discussion is because I agree a thousand percent whether yeah. you know young people are using it as slang or hate in any situation. Right. And you don't see a lot of people mentioning that, and and, and I just I I, I I applaud you for it. But what do you think as a society, even with all the hurt we've got stuff right now, what are some building blocks to where we could just, you know, uh, just put an end to it? Because I, I agree with you, it, it, it needs to just be a race. Period. Yeah. It's just it's ugly. I think a lot of people don't understand what the N word means. That's why a lot of people say it. They they don't know what the word is. But I remember about six years ago, some the kids came into my office. They were they were saying the N word. And I said, do y'all really know what that means? And they were like, no, coach, you just slang. So what I did is I went and printed it out and showed them what it means. Now they understood it means that it means ignorant, it means incompetent, it means that you're dumb. So every time you say in the N-word, that's what you're calling that person. And and we can't, it's, it's not acceptable by white people who say it, it's not acceptable by black people who say it, it's not acceptable by any ethnicity that says it. It's a terrible word. So why would I even use that word? When it's a bad term, I don't care if you put the E-R on it or the, or the A on it. It means absolutely nothing. And, that, and I'll never forget, I was in the fourth grade, and uh, I went over to my friend's house, and his dad took us to Chuck E. Cheese. So we're driving back from Chuck E. Cheese, and I'm in, the, I'm in the back, and I'm singing. I said the N-word, and we're on the highway now. He swerves over, and he parks, and he's shaking and, like, crying, and he grabs me. He said, don't you ever say that word again. And I said, sir, why, what did I say? And he explained to me what the N word means because he was getting called that. There's pain behind that word. Oh, it's awful. Um, and and the reason you know I wanted to ask is because it, it is so true and it does need to be annihilated. One thing I practice on my, my my end, and like I said, I'm not perfect, but I don't mention if somebody mentions somebody, I don't say this is a white person or this is a black person. I just say this is a person. There you go. And uh, and like I said. I, it just needs to be addressed because we're struggling. But like with you, uh, I love you to pieces. You're like a member of my family, uh, black, white, red, or yellow. You're right. you're the goat. You're the goat. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, I appreciate that, man. And, yeah. You know, if we just, you know, even though you may not look like me, but you're still my brother, and that's what we got to understand. And, 
You know, that word is sorry. That's a sorry word. I don't care if it's in the song. I don't care where it's at. The word is trash, period. Yes. Is that what garbage? I wish it was annihilated from the yeah. dictionary, Wikipedia, or yeah. whatever. Oh, and that's, I think it's awesome if you being a being a coach as well. And I know from being a coach, it seems like I, I've I've coached teams with a lot of diversity on it. But it yet when it comes down to it, you, you don't you don't feel that tension out there because there's that family relationship. These kids are are connected, and I think it's awesome. You know, using coaching now on that high school level, uh, say you know it's it, it's something that brings down those walls and those tensions and. And uh, I think you're, you've definitely allowed God to place you somewhere to make that difference. And I appreciate it. It's, it's just like this. When I play, when I used to play with the tight, we all had the same jersey on, right? So it didn't say, okay, he's a white Titan, he's a white Hispanic. I mean, he's a he's a Hispanic Titan, mm-hmm. he's a Caucasian Titan. It says he was a Titan. Why? Because he had the same jersey on. So the world has the same jersey on, which is which is which is the United States or the or the world, whatever. We all have the same jersey on. So why are we being so divisive? It's because it's a heart condition. Yep. Yep. That's deep. Chris Sanders for president. I'm going to be the first to call it. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate well, it. Well, uh, do, you, uh, do you go out and speak much with those schools that say I'm connected? Uh, the town I'm in is called Mount Pleasant. Uh, I work with the middle school football team as their character coach. Uh, but also to you know close connections with the high school as well. Do you do you go out to other schools, speak uh, to different teams, that kind of thing? Does your, does your schedule out? Because I just know how coaching is. I mean, it's, it, it's it does, but since COVID hit, it kind of slowed down. So, yeah. uh, you know, I really haven't had a chance to. But you know, when when everything picks up, I think I'm going to start doing it again. Oh, that'd be awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, Chris, God bless you. We love you. Have a good practice. And we love you too, bro. Thank you so we look, much. We look, yeah, we look forward to hearing you on the radio here at uh, Titans pregame. And that wraps up another great week of podcasting here on the Uncharted Podcast. Special thanks to my phenomenal guests, number 81, Chris Sanders, Glenn and Don from the rock group Fireflight, Season 17 winner of The Voice, Jake Hoot, and Pastor Brandon Skelton, the church comedian, all lending their time and talents. Really appreciate it. Uh, Really great conversation, and I enjoyed every bit of it thoroughly. Most importantly, I want to thank you, the listeners. Without you, there's no point. And I really appreciate you taking time to listen to my podcast. It is really fun to do, and I look forward to each and every week talking to awesome, wonderful human beings from all walks of life. If you know anybody you think would be a great guest, have them hit me up, please. Josh Belcher at Hotmail.com. Have a great week. Um, enjoy the Halloween holiday. Sell it however you're celebrating. Be safe, happy, and careful out there. And we will catch you next Sunday, Uncharted Podcast. Josh Belcher, thank you. Over and out.